0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Yes, I Can podcast, where our mission is to inspire and empower you to transform your life and transform the world by being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. I'm your host, Paul Can, and every week we are going to share amazing stories, strategies, and coaching to help you break through your limiting beliefs and supercharge your greatest superpower, the power of you. Your best life awaits. Let's go. Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Yes, I Can podcast. Thank you so much for joining us week to week, and I'm so grateful to have you here and on this journey with me. You know, I was thinking about just the other day here around how we live in a culture today of sharing everything now. If you look at the evolution of social media, we started with posts, we we then went to Stories. We have Reels now. Of course, TikTok. We had Snapchat along the way there for a split second or a moment. I think my nieces and nephews still use Snapchat. I'm definitely, I think, too old (laughs) for Snapchat now. But we live in a culture of show everything now. Share everything now. Share what you're eating for breakfast, share what you're eating for lunch, share your progress of what you're doing in your work, share where you're at during the middle of the day, share where you're going, share where you've been. It's a share, 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 share economy. And it's almost as if if we don't have enough likes, we don't have enough comments, we don't have enough emojis that are sent back our way, that it invalidates our journey, our results, our progress. As if they're not existent if we don't get the validation from others that it's happening. And while I see and and especially from a business standpoint the importance as well as what it brings to the table in terms of utilizing those different types of mechanisms like reels, like stories, like posts or lives. One thing that I don't think gets talked about enough is the power of not sharing too early. I want to talk a little bit about that, around being careful around sharing too early. See, here's the thing is that I've I've been on this journey of transformation, of really being intentional and working on my self-development for the past, call it three years, three, four years of my life. And it has, by all means, not been an easy journey. I think when you look at the reels of people's transformation, whether it's those, I was broke, I didn't have any money, and now I have a six-figure or seven-figure Amazon business, affiliate business, or I was severely overweight and now I've lost 100 pounds, or um, you know I was in a really terrible place in my life and now I'm in a really happy relationship and I'm married and I have kids or everything is thriving, when we're looking at people's highlight reel, it can really skip over the journey in between. And that's where I often think is a a trap on social media, especially, because we're so used to looking at people's highlight reels that we take that as what our journey is supposed to look like. We compare that to our personal journey, and then we get down on ourselves because we start thinking about, Why am I not going fast enough? Why am I not creating results fast enough? Why am I not further along than I am right now? And I find myself in this place all the time, especially in this journey, because it's so much harder than it looks. It's so much harder than what people make it out to be. And there can be this misconception around what transforming your life, creating not just Change, short term change, but lasting transformation in your life in terms of really taking a 180 in your life, no matter what it is, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's with your personal health, whether it's a career aspect, or whether it is with your business, that it is so incredibly messy. And one of my mentors, I remember two years ago, I was having a conversation with her and I was really down myself about the challenges I was having moving forward and then I would move back I move forward and I move back and I kept finding myself in this place where I would get stuck I would move forward and then I find myself in this place where I would get this anxiety all the stress would come over me and I would find myself getting stuck with fear stuck with all these emotions of what if it doesn't happen and and self-doubt and I was telling her about my frustrations around, why i i kept coming back to this place it's like i'm moving forward and then i move back and something that she told me about that i've i've kept with me since then is she talked about how every single great every single person that's created incredible success in their life every person that's created incredible results in their life have had periods of a backslide what do i mean by that what is a backslide it means that often when we look at Progress, we look at progress as moving forward, but we don't realize that progress is often a process of moving forward, three steps forward, and then sometimes two steps back. But we let those two steps back invalidate the fact that we move three steps forward. And even with the two steps back, that we are still one step forward. Even if we're a step sideways, we invalidate that. We make ourselves wrong for that. We beat ourselves up. Why am I moving backwards? Why am I not continuing to forge forwards? Why am I not just waking up at four AM every single day, crushing it, being productive for 18 hours, you know, fitting everything in my life in perfectly. And when it doesn't look that way, we feel like we're failures. And that's why I think it's so important to also talk about being careful about sharing too early because when something is premature and doesn't have roots strong enough to withstand the elements yet, it can destroy it before it sees the light of day. And I got to see this and understand this on a whole other level when I had my son, because before I had my son, I could just really pick up and go. I can, me and my wife, we were just laughing about this the other day, where in one weekend, we went to Chicago twice. We actually drove out on a Saturday, went out and went to Ikea and all that kind of stuff and ate at a bunch of places, came back home, and the next day realized that we forgot to buy something and decided to drive back to Chicago. And we could do that back then. We can just pick up and go. We can pick up and leave. We can go wherever we wanted. But when we had our son in the very first month that we had him, we were so careful about bringing him out even the, in the first month, especially, we barely went out and actually had a um, a debate back and, and forth with my wife because she really wanted to have uh, newborn baby photos for my son in, in the first two weeks. And I was very, very protective over her, very protective over the babies because, well, especially in Chinese culture, you're not supposed to leave the house the first month. And that's because I've heard over and over, and I've seen it happen as well, when you don't take care of yourself postpartum. It can really come back and have negative effects on your body later on in life. And it can come in in many, many different forms in terms of headaches, in terms of body aches and pains and and different ailments. And so I was very, very adamant on that aspect of not going out. And you know, I'm the type of person who loves going out. I mean, I will drive an hour, two hours, two and a half, three hours for good food. So not going just an hour for this this newborn baby shoot was you know was a was a really big deal and i was even surprising myself in this but i realized that when you have something small when you have something precious when you have something growing when you have something that is maturing when you have something that is growing you become and it's precious to you you want to protect it you want to do everything you can to protect it And we often do that with physical things in our life, especially people in our lives. But why don't we do that for our own dreams? Why don't we do that for our own progress? Why don't we do that for our own visions? We often want to share it with the whole world. And it's almost like laying it out naked on the table, allowing everybody to pick through it and judge through it and and give us feedback. And, And if we don't get enough validation, we don't get enough acknowledgement for it, we start judging that as not good enough. And then we start and we throw it in the garbage, crumple it and st- throw it in the garbage. I wonder how many ideas have been thrown in the garbage over the years from someone else, from being shared too early and someone else's opinion being the deciding factor for an otherwise brilliant idea. And I think when we think about things that grow in the dark with their seeds, seeds grow in the dark, they grow in the dirt before they blossom above soil when it's time, when it's time for them to blossom above the soil, but before they blossom above the soil, you know, they peak that first leaf above the soil, it doesn't mean that it's not growing. It doesn't mean that there isn't any growth that's happening. It's just that we don't see it. And it's the same thing as a baby that grows in the dark. It grows in its mummy's tummy. It grows in the dark just because there isn't a bump that you can see just because sometimes you can't even, you can't see anything on the ultrasound doesn't mean that it doesn't exist. But yet, we are so judgmental and so hard on ourselves when it comes to progress on our own dreams, on our own visions. And I have found myself in this place so many times in my journey where I feel like I have to share everything with the world, even though I'm scared to. And I feel like it's too early to, but I feel like if I don't share and I don't get that validation, that maybe it's not good enough. And I realize that it's really just around me not trusting myself at the end of the day. And I have found, especially over the past several months, especially how toxic social media can be. I mean, I was on Facebook the other day, and I think in the span of an hour, I came across a reel of a bodybuilder that was super jacked and was lifting heavy weights, talking about their trans- his transformation. And I automatically thought, man, why am I not as dedicated as that? Why have do I not have those results? Why don't I have those physical results? Why am I not as buff as that guy? Why don't I have a six-pack like that guy? I saw another post of a coach, a really successful coach, that was posting about her work schedule how she works 18 hours a day she worked all through the night she doesn't really sleep and she's reading hundreds of pages every single day and she's and then she's she's in meetings all day long and she's working with clients and that's what it looks like to be successful and automatically i started judging myself and i thought man i'm not working hard enough i'm not hustling hard enough i i don't maybe i won't be successful because i'm not hustling hard enough you know the way that she is and because my day doesn't look the way that she is, her day does and because what I'm doing doesn't look like what she's doing, then I must not be doing it right. I must not be going in the right direction. I must not be hustling hard enough. And does that mean then now that I'm not going to get to my results, I'm not going to get to the destination I'm going towards, am I not going to be successful then? And I started judging myself that way. And then I saw somebody else. Posting something that they were doing with their significant other, and then I started thinking about, man, like you know, why I I have maybe I'm not putting, I haven't put enough effort into my date nights recently, and you know, I'm 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 not being a good enough husband, and you know, I'm not showing up enough for for my wife, and um, you know, you know, I I I I, am not good enough in in that aspect, and then you know, I look on, on someone else's feed, and it's it's a it's a father spending time with his son, and. They're going off to the park, and you know it's it's like a short little montage reel and reading books to him and spending time. And they're talking about his development, and I'm like, man, you know, maybe I'm not spending enough time with my son, and I don't sit down, I don't read with him enough, and you know, I don't uh, work with him enough, maybe with his development and his and, and and you know, different aspects of of developing his motor skills and his his um t- you know his language skills and all that kind of stuff. And my head just started going crazy. And next thing you know, the next hour, I felt like a complete piece of crap. But here's the thing that I realized is that social media, if we don't manage our minds, if we don't guard our peace, if we don't guard our progress, can be so deadly because in a span of a minute, in a span of 30 seconds, it can completely destroy our progress, our our vision of our progress, our perception of our progress. It can destroy our vision of where we're going, and it can distort our reality to make us believe that what we've done is not good enough, because it's a constant comparison game. It literally is what social media is built on, is validation and comparison. And if we're not careful about that, and we allow ourselves to spend too much time in the wrong places, in the wrong rooms, and with the wrong people, in the wrong atmospheres, it can be detrimental to what we're trying to create in our lives. So what I want to say to you today is that even though your progress may look different than someone else's progress, don't invalidate how far you've come. Don't invalidate the time and the effort and what it took for you to get to where you are right now, even if it's not as far as Where you think you should be right now. And it's really important for you to know that today because I think so often we see things around us that are telling us that where we are is not far enough. And I think that's a load of bullshit because we get to be the only judge of our own race. We hear that all the time like we're running our own race, but yet we are placed in different atmospheres all the time where we're running our own race, but then we're told to look at how everyone else is running their race. But I want to let you know today that your race that you're running, you're exactly where you're supposed to be and progress might look different and that's okay. And so it's really important to protect your progress, protect your your peace, protect your space. Protect your headspace, protect your physical space. And to limit being in the wrong rooms, to limit being in the wrong spaces that are going to give you different ideas and infiltrate that space, to have you question where you're going, and more importantly, how far you've come. Because everyone's trajectory to success is different. And so for some people, something might be effortless. And just because it isn't effortless for you, doesn't make you any less than. For me, some days, replying back to an email takes everything. And for some days, I can reply to 20 emails, 30 emails. I can crush through my inbox and it's no problem. One of my, my, my most trusted mentors and friends, told me three years ago. She said, 100% looks different every single day. And it's really important to remember that because often we think that 100% has to look the same every single day. So make sure that you, number one, surround yourself with people that you trust, that, you're gonna, that are going to remind you, that are going to constantly remind you of your greatness, your progress, and also be honest enough to give you feedback. This is a really great thing about my wife is that after one of my speaking engagements, she asked me, what did you think? And I thought, well, you know, it was okay. Like it was, it was all right. I thought and she said, yeah, it was, it was terrible. <laughs> it was really terrible. I've seen you at your best and that is not your best. I'm like, man, you're right. And, um, at the same time, there are times when I really doubt myself and I'm judging myself and she'll remind me that it was way more amazing than I thought it was, that it, it went exactly the way that I was supposed to. And when she gives me feedback, she doesn't just leave it as a criticism. She's like, you know, let's dissect this. Let's dissect this to look at what didn't work here. And then we go in and we dissected that, that talk that I did. We talked about the preparation. We talked about the intention of going into it, saying yes to the wrong opportunity and how that really affected how I showed up. And I really got to learn from that. And so it's so important to surround yourself with the right people that are going to give you the right feedback, not judgment and criticism, but feedback, information that is going to help you grow. They're going to be honest with you when it really doesn't work, but they're going to always stand by your side and they're gonna hold you up, hold a mirror up to you to remind you of your greatness. It's so important to surround yourself with the people that will continue to do that for you because amazing people, people with greatness in them, cannot see themselves. And the more powerful your gifts, the more likely that you can't see it in you because it's your normal. So it's important for people to continue to remind you, to hold that mirror up to you, to remind you of your greatness. And number two, is create space for grace and create space for pause. I think there is a dialogue, a very common dialogue, about hustle and what it needs to look like. You got to hustle waking up at 4 a.m. and hustling through the day and be at a thousand different meetings. and You got to fit in uh, fitness and you got to fit in family and you got to fit in working on your dreams and you got to work on reading and you got to work on researching, you know, and then you got to hustle all day long and only sleep two hours and you know, all that kind of stuff. I think there is a certain narrative around what hustle looks like. I'm of a different school of thought that hustle doesn't have to look one way. Last week I was in San Francisco and this was a really powerful learning moment for me because I had the opportunity to go to San Francisco for my birthday. My parents surprised me with the trip. And initially, I had a lot of resistance to go because I had so much stuff to do. I had a ton of things I was working on in my business. I had just been traveling quite a bit before that, and I was actually really ready to just be home and put my head down and get to work. Now I said yes to this trip, and after I had huge, huge resistance leading all the way up to the trip, like I almost missed my flight going to this trip, that's how much resistance I had. But one thing that really opened up for me on this trip is that I always thought it had to be either I'm on vacation or I'm at work. So I can't do both at once. I can't enjoy myself and spend time with my family and work at the same time. Until this trip. This trip, I got to really change the way that I thought about what hustle looked like to me. If I were to create my version of the type of life that I want to live, how can I incorporate travel, spending time with my family, quality time with my family, enjoying my life, eating amazing food, and working at the same time. And I got to do that. I got to work during the day. Some days, it was different every single day. So there were some days I was up at 6.30. I was in meetings in the car. Literally, I took my phone to the car because my parents were sleeping in the living room. We were in the bedroom. My baby was still asleep. So I I couldn't be loud. So I took my phone, literally sat in the car in the parking lot, and I had meetings. Six, six, thir- starting at 6.30, someday starting at 7.30. And then I would go up to the roof and it was an amazing view. It was this beautiful, you know, you got to, I got to see the the ocean. I got to see the beautiful view of the Golden Gate Bridge on one side. I got to see, you know, the, the architecture of the downtown on the other side. I had the Alcatraz prison in front of me, uh, the sunshine above me, beautiful blue sky. And I was working on the rooftop. With my laptop. And then I would go downstairs and you know go back to the the um, the condo that we were staying at or the unit we were staying at, and I'd do some work there. I'd go out for lunch and I look up some places that I really wanted to try. I come back and do a little bit more work. I'd be done at around four o'clock. I'd go out with my parents and we still go and sightsee around the city. We still go to amazing, amazing restaurants around the city, and then we go back, I put my son to sleep, and I'd still meditate at night, even though it was like twelve o'clock or twelve thirty. It just looked different. That was hustle. At the same time, I still got to enjoy time with my family. I still got to enjoy amazing food and sightseeing, but it looked different. And on Friday, I got off a little bit early. I got off at twelve. I still worked during the morning. I sent out you know a bunch of uh, different messages to prospects. I got to check emails, I got to have meetings, I got to ask for support for some meetings that I uh, couldn't be at, and I got to shift a couple things around, and I got to enjoy the the rest of the day, still going to um, an amazing dim sum restaurant, we got, still got to go for ice cream, um, and we got to walk by the harbor, we still got to see a lot and do a lot. I mean, is it the same as if I had all the time available to me? No. And I was really stressed out about that at the very beginning. I'm like, man, I feel like I'm wasting my time being here. I'm in this beautiful location, but I, I feel like I have so much work at the same time. And my wife sat me down and we got to have a conversation. And what we got to talk about was well, what if it got to look different? What if you didn't look at it as the way that you usually look at a vacation? What if you did say no to certain aspects and let go of how it needs to look and at the same time create both? that was still hustle. But for some people, it's like, no, I got hustle in front of a computer at home a certain way, and then I'll go on vacation somewhere later. That's fine for some people. But for me, my version, my vision of it is I get to do both. And so create your own vision of that, create your own version of that, create your own space for grace and that space might be different. That space for grace might be sometimes when you are feeling up against it. You have a lot of resistance coming up for you. You're feeling really a lot of anxiety. Maybe you got to take a nap. That's okay. I used to resist that all the time. And I feel like when, I, when I'd have a lot of uh, anxiety, I feel a lot of stress. I want to take a nap. But I tell myself, no, you can't take a nap. You got to keep hustling. You got to keep pushing through. You got to power through. You don't have time to take a nap. And then I talked to my my mentor at that time, and she's like, why don't you just go take a nap? Yeah, maybe you got to take a nap at that time. Do you feel better after your nap? And I'm like, yeah, I feel better. She's like, then why won't you take a nap? You end up doing it anyways. It just looks different. End up moving through it anyways. Why resist it? So what if we got to let go of the resistance and the judgment that we have around how we feel and what we think we need in the moment instead of needing to follow the culture the culture that we're in, the dialogues that are out there, the, call it conventional ways of looking at what hustle needs to look like and create our own version for it, create space for you to have grace, grace periods where you can pause, where you can take a breath, where you can go for a walk, where you can say, I went and put on the Oculus and I played Beat Saber for 15 minutes it can look different. What does that get to look like for you? And what if what how can you get bring joy into your life? How do you get to bring a pause into your life? Something that you would enjoy doing, places that you would love being in. How do you get to incorporate that into your vision? And what if you can have both because I'm telling you you can. And what difference would it make if you gave yourself space for that? And lastly, track your progress and celebrate it. It is so easy to let the bad days erase the validity and the progress of your good days. And when we don't track our progress, we let our feelings dictate our progress and how far we've come instead of looking at the data. And what I love about what my coach, uh, one of my, my, my business coaches last year told me is that she said, numbers don't lie. And I love that. That, that really has shifted the way I look at my business. When she said, numbers don't lie, what you do, how many calls you make, the sales that you do, the people that you reached out to, the things that you did, that's all numbers. That's hard numbers. You can't, it's facts. You can't, it's it's black and white. You can't deny it, but often we don't track it. So when you track your progress, whether it's how many days in a row you have gone for a walk. How many days in a row you've hit your 10,000 steps? How many days in a row you have eaten healthy or take your vitamins or gone to the gym, even if it was for 30 minutes or read a book or how many days you've done XYZ? Track it, track your progress and celebrate it. Today, as we're recording this, I have meditated 49 days in a row. That's a huge deal for me up before this point, I think I've only meditated in a row consecutively, I think max a week. It is so hard for me to meditate. And at the same time, my brain wants to go into, yeah, but you resisted it. And, you know, there were some days where, you know, you were having a hard time. You kind of fell asleep midway and then you woke up and then you continued. And then there are different dialogues around, yeah, you've been doing it, but there have been people that have been doing it for half a year. There's people that do it every single day for the past five years of their life. The amount of meditation you've done is a really big deal. There's all these different dialogues that our head will bring us into, our inner. Our shadow self, call it, or our inner, call it, nerds will bring out and try to trick us into invalidating ourselves. But when we track our progress with hard numbers, we can see, and I think you'll be surprised by how far you've come. And you get to celebrate that, whether it's five days in a row, whether it's 50 days in a row, whether it's 500 days in a row. You get to acknowledge yourself for where you're at because the amount, of effort and commitment that it takes to get to five days in a row is the same as 500. Let me tell you why. Because the difficulties and the challenges that come up every day when you're getting started to try to derail you aren't any less than the amount of challenges and roadblocks that come up in day 499. 499. To try to get to 500 because the resistance that we have, the inner dialogues that we have, the shadow part of us is always going to be there. The insecure parts of us, the parts of us inside that have a dialogue of doubting ourselves, of bringing up the past, all this kind of stuff, it's always going to be there. We just learn to be in relationship with it, but it's still there. We, We just kind of learn to interact with it it's still challenging. It still takes a lot of courage. It still takes a lot of commitment. It still takes a lot of inner strength and power. And you get to acknowledge yourself for that, whether you're at day five or you're at day 500 or 5,000. So I want to acknowledge you for wherever you're at, that it is perfectly where you're supposed to be. And do not discount how far you've come just because your progress looks different than others around you. And so If I were to leave you around, one thing is, how do you get to protect your progress today? How do you get to protect your peace today? And what could it look like for you if your perspective that you took on today, instead of looking at how much further do I still need to go, or how much further am I behind than people behind me or circumstances around me today? Instead, you got to shift it to, look how far I've come, and celebrating who I've gotten to be to get this far, and what could be possible for me ahead if I've already come so far from where I used to be. So I want to celebrate you today and your progress. I want to acknowledge you for working on yourself, for working on your dreams, no matter how that looks. and. I am excited to continue to be on this journey with you. And no matter what, remember that your progress, no matter how far you are, is perfect just as it is, just as you are unique, you're powerful, and you are perfect just as you are. And so thank you for joining me again on another episode of the Yes, I Can podcast and until next time, keep being fully, unapologetically, authentically you. We'll see you next time. The Yes, I Can podcast is directed by Paul Kan. Executive producers of the podcast are Paul Kan, Chelsea Lin, and Joy Sauce.